the book of Jeremiah chapter number 12, Jeremiah chapter number 12, and Luke chapter number 10. Jeremiah 12, Luke chapter number 10. We're going to be bringing you a message. I'm going to bring you a message that I think that you will need today. This is not a message on salvation. It's not a message of the glory of God. It is a very, very practical message from the Word of God. If you would, let's begin reading here in Jeremiah 12, verse number 5. The Bible says, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustedst, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day you've given us. We pray that, Father, as we open your word, that you would feed us from your word. We've come this morning hungry to hear from you. We've come this morning to take the word of God and apply it to our lives and our hearts. And I pray that you'd help us to do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible asks us, and this is a biblical question, if you cannot handle it when the infantrymen come, what are you going to do when the tanks roll in? Amen. Somebody say amen. Don't get quiet on me right off the bat. Hey, if you worry over crossing the creek now, what are you going to do when the river, the swelling of Jordan comes? These are sound biblical questions. This is God asking Jeremiah a question because Jeremiah had asked God some questions. Let me tell you something. You start asking God why, you start asking God questions, he will start asking questions back. Amen. And so that's exactly what's going on here. Listen, he's saying this. Basically, this verse boils down to this. If you get tore up when the peanuts fall off of your payday bar, what's going to happen when the store shelves are empty? Amen. Amen. We're living in a society that we, it seems like our modern society is having problems dealing with the small things of life. I mean, that's exactly what this means. If you can't deal with the small things of life, then what are you going to do when the big things of life transpire? If you can't run with a footman, how are you going to contend with horses? I like the old t-shirt that said this, if you can't hunt with the big dog, stay on the porch. Amen, Amen preacher. Hey, this describes our current American society. We get out of joint when somebody offends us. Amen. Everybody's offended anymore. Walking around with their feelings on their sleeve. You can't use certain pronouns because people are offended. You can't call a he a he and a she a she. I got news for you. You're just going to get mad at me. If you look like a he, I'm going to call you a he. If you dress like a she, I'm going to call you a she. I'm sorry. And I might, the other day, I went to the filling station and I don't know what I it looked like a girl and I said thank you ma'am a boy she looked at me and I thought well maybe I maybe she wasn't a girl I don't know <laughs> hey we're offended over small things God help us if you can't contend with the infantrymen how are you going to contend with the horses wow 
Turn in your resignation if the vote didn't go your way. Hey, listen, I serve on the board of directors. And I could tell you, you'd think that if somebody got elected to a board of directors, they would be mature. Yep. Wrong. They'll take their ball and their candy and go home Amen. over the least little thing. God, what are you saying, preacher? I'm going to hammer this home for the whole message. We need it. Amen. Our country needs this message. We sulk around because somebody said a little something about us. Students need safe rooms when Trump got elected. Amen. The only safe room I ever had was when mommy went to get a switch off the tree and I hid in the closet. And you know what? That's pretty dumb because it wasn't very safe. She found me and so did that switch. Praise God. Amen, preacher. Amen. Yes, sir. <laughs> the reason we're not riding with the horsemen is because of small-mindedness. Little things, trivial things, picky uni things, churches fall apart because somebody didn't like the color of the carpet or the window didn't suit their taste. God help us. God is saying here, this is a biblical question. If you can't do the little things and worry about the little things, you can't handle the big things. Amen, preacher. Listen, God does not want us. Look at me, church. God does not want us as Grosses Creek Baptist Church to be small-minded, trivial Christians. He wants us armored up, putting on the whole armor of God, mounting up with the cavalry, and when the horses come, we're ready. Amen. I don't know about you, friend, but I want to run with the horses. I don't want to be over in the foxhole sniveling when the battle's out there. I don't want to be behind the lines whining about the canteen when the bombs are coming. Amen. I want to run with the horsemen. Paul said this, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul didn't say, I'm setting my sights for the low calling. He said, I'm setting my sights for the high calling. I'm not going to be bothered with the little trivial things. I'm not shooting for the 30 ring or the 20 ring or the 10 ring. I am bullseyed in on the target. As an archer, I can tell you that if you don't shoot at the bullseye, you're probably not going to hit the target. Why shoot for the 30? Paul said, I'm pressing. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel when the little things happen, when the trivial things come along. I refuse to stop. God give us some large-minded Christians like Paul who are pressing toward the mark. Amen. David said this, I'll read it quickly, about five verses of scripture. David said this in Psalm 18, For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. Hey, Hebo 
of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand holdeth me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. David said the infantry men didn't stop me. God let me run through a troop. Praise God. He said God didn't let the swelling of Jordan stop me. He enlarged my steps. Praise God. David said I didn't just break when God was on my team. I didn't just break a bow of wood with my arms. I broke a bow of steel. Praise God. I'm glad David didn't run when the footman came along. Amen. My steps were enlarged, he says. The reason that many of us have large problems is we're worried about the little things so much. We're worried about the small things so much that we just got small things on our mind, unimportant things. Let me tell you something. Unimportant things will consume your ingenuity. Trivial things will consume your creativity. The devil, listen to me carefully, the devil wants to keep you so busy with little things and trivial things uh, that you don't even care about serving God. Amen, Amen, preacher. Boy, I'm, I'm plowing the row I'm supposed to plow this morning. Amen. You say, well, listen, I'm preaching to the preacher too. I'll confess that in just a minute. <laughs> Trivial things drain our creativity. If you're worried about crossing the creek and the Jordan swells, what are you going to do? Let me tell you something. You can rest assured this morning that your Jordan in your life is going to swell. It's going to, God's going to let the Jordan in your life swell up one day, and you better be ready. You see, let me tell you something. God tests us with the small things. Learn something in your Christian life this morning. God never trusts a man until he tests a man. God never trusts a man until he tests a man. You know what? If If you're an employer, and I've been a hiring manager, if you're an employer... And you bring a new employee in, you don't put them on the most expensive piece of equipment you've got right off the bat. You test them. If you hire somebody in the accounting department, you don't give them the million-dollar account right off the bat. Amen. You test them. And God tests us. Amen. Let me give you the scripture for that. The Bible says in Psalm 11, verse 4, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Behold his eyes, his eyelids try the children of men. Now what's that mean? That means he scrutinizes us at times. His eyelids try the children of men. You ever, did your children ever do something they weren't supposed to do and you just kind of give them that look? And they knew by the look you were giving them that you were scrutinizing their behavior. Y'all with me? My mama used to do that, and then the switch was next. Amen. God's eyelids scrutinize or try the children 
of men. Amen. You're analyzing your children in a corrective way. So it is with God. He allows the tests to come. He allows the trials to come. He allows the temptations to come. And he tests us before he trusts us. Here's the problem. Do we fail when the small challenges come? When the small tests come, do we pass so we can move on in the will of God? God will scrutinize our behavior. Do we fail when the small challenges come? If the minor issues of life stump us, what are we going to do when the major issues come along? If a boxer is prepared in his, in his fighting and he succumbs to the jab, what's he going to do when a right hook comes? God help us. We're getting, listen, we're getting knocked out of life and Christians are getting knocked out of church because they couldn't take a jab. And if you can't take a jab, get out of the ring because there's some right hooks and right crosses and straights coming at you, friend. Amen. If you're going to live the Christian life, you might as well get used to it. The minor issues, challenges. And God here asks this question (laughs) because Jeremiah had asked some questions. Let's look and see what Jeremiah had asked. 12.1. Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee. Let me talk with thee of thy judgment. Let me ask you some things, Lord, about your judgment. Here's my first question. Wherefore or why doth the way of the wicked prosper? Why are they all happy that deal very very treacherously? It looks like to me, Lord, in verse 2, that you've planted them. They've taken root. They grow. They bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried mine heart toward thee. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn and the herbs of the field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed and the birds because they said he shall not see our last end. Jeremiah said, Lord, let me ask you some questions. If you don't mind, I'm going to question your judgment. It seems like to me that your judgment is wrong, Lord. You're letting the wicked prosper. Lord, you're you're letting those that deal treacherously, you're letting them be happy in my perception. Lord, it looks like the land is being destroyed because of their wickedness. And God said, Jeremiah, if that bothers you, stay on the porch. Jeremiah, if you're tore up with that question, get behind the lines. Go back there and get in the foxhole. You're not ready to run with the horseman. Amen. Boy, that's hitting home, isn't it? Because all of us, don't tell me you haven't had those thoughts. Don't tell me that that hasn't entered into your mind. Why God let this happen? Why this bad thing happened to you and that good thing happened to them? God said, if if you're that small-minded... Stay behind. You can't handle the horses. It's exactly what he's saying to Jeremiah here. (laughs) Jeremiah, you're sweating the small things. And it stops you from moving forward 
in your Christian life. This church has a few empty pews this morning. I wonder if somebody got a little upset over some trivial things. We were packed out last Sunday. I wonder what took some folks out of church today. Maybe we went to the ball game late last night. Trivial. Amen. Maybe somebody said a little something last Sunday and they didn't even mean it. Trivial. Maybe, who knows, just so many trivial things happen and we just quit church first thing you know. God help us. God said, Jeremiah, if that bothers you, if you can't process that in your mind, if these trivial questions that you're asking stop you from growing, listen, why don't you just serve me and quit worrying about everybody else? That's exactly what God is saying. Don't look around at him and her and this and that. Serve me and I'll take care of the rest. Amen. Jeremiah was asking the question, and if we reverse his question, I think it would be biblically correct to reverse it. Jeremiah is not just saying, why are they wealthy? He's saying, why am I not wealthy? Why am I not blessed? I'm your child. Isn't that what he said? I'm your, basically, he said, I'm your child. I've been serving you. I've been doing right. And they're the ones that's blessed. Why not me? God said, if you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. Stick with me, Jeremiah. My eyelids are going to try the children of men. Can I just be real honest with all of us? The reason that we don't have $2 million is God couldn't trust us with 20. Amen, preacher. He tried us. He gave you that job. He gave you that money. He gave you that finances. He gave it to you to be a good steward and to use it for the kingdom of God. And we stuffed it under a bushel or we buried it in the ground and the talents that he gave us lie hidden. And God says, I'm not going to use you and I might even take that away from you. Amen, preacher. That is a scriptural, biblical principle. It sure is. Worry over the trivial things will paralyze you. Listen, it's not, just, it's not just money that God tests us with. It's problems and trials and troubles and issues that he tests us with. And if we get all tore up over the little things in life, the issues of life, small things, then what are we going to do when the major problems arise? Most people I deal with are suffering from anxiety over yesterday or worry over tomorrow, and they're not functioning today because of it. And most of the anxiety over yesterday was something small. Most of the worry over tomorrow is something small, and they're letting it ruin their day today. My mama's going to hate me for this, but I'm going to use her for an example. She, she's 90 years old. And uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I said, Mom, let's take a nice drive in the autumn sunshine and enjoy some leaf peeping. You know what leaf peeping is. So we drove up Castle Run, and, and it's one of the most beautiful drives. Now, it's a real narrow gravel back road, but, boy, that's where you're going to see the most beauty. 
And as we were driving up through there, she said, Lord, have mercy, what if we made a car? I said, I said, calm down, Mama. I've drove this road a lot. I used to ride it on a tractor when we had a tobacco patch up the top of the ridge. I said, I know where all the white spots are. I'll back up and we'll get in the white spot. It's okay, Mama. But look at here. Well, them trees could fall any minute. <laughs> I stopped the truck. I said, Mama, let me tell you something. We drove up through here to have a nice afternoon to leave peep and enjoy ourselves. And all you could do is worry. And y'all think it's funny because I'm hitting home. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Forgive me, Mama. I know this is going on the radio. <laughs> Luke chapter number 10. I had you to turn there. Let's see. Let's finish the message here. I've already been in the pulpit. Nearly 30 minutes now. Here we go. Luke chapter 10, let's read about four verses here, five. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Very familiar passage of scripture, but boy, this is really going to finish this point out, and we're going to go home. Verse number 38 of Luke chapter 10, now it came to pass as they went, he entered, that is Jesus, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I think, ladies, as I preach here, I think this is going to hit you. And I was aiming for the men before, but now I'm aiming for the ladies. Mary was cumbered with the details. She wanted the napkins on the right side of the plate. She wanted the forks in just the right place. The Lord was coming. What an important visitor is coming to my house. And he's going to sit over here, and this is going to be his place, and I need to make sure that window is clean right there. Those are noble things. Some, some of you ladies say amen. It's okay, praise God. Let me hear a big amen from you ladies. Thank you. Uh, those are important things if the Lord's coming by. But she missed something. She's so focused on the minuscule that she overlooked the minister. She's so focused on the, the little the details that she's overlooking the fact that God himself was coming to her house. Wow. Wow. There's nothing wrong with wanting things right. There's nothing, thing, nothing wrong with honoring this visitor that's coming. There's nothing wrong with having it clean and pretty and in place and everything. But the problem is when you, when you focus so much on those details and miss the fact that Jesus just walked right in, there's something wrong with that. 
enjoying your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is more important than the details. We get so caught up with the details of the Christian life. And it's so easy for the preacher to do it. He's got a lot of details. And we get caught up with this detail here and that minuscule piece of information there and it seems that that's God's will and the whole, whole time God's will is his presence with us. God help us to put a f- the major where the major needs to be on the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's paying attention to the services and the Savior doesn't matter. Oh my. She's lighting. You know what? I look around at many churches in our area, in my home area, and all these churches are doing the same thing. They're putting attention on lighting the candles and the little incense and the smoke pots and having their pastor wear the right robe for the day. And they're going into all these little details about their church service. And Jesus ain't nowhere around. Oh, you hear me? I'd rather have the presence of God in my life. I'd rather have the presence of God in my church and worship in a matchbox somewhere. Praise God. It's about the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like it when I start preaching the word and the Holy Ghost goose pimples just run all over my body and I can feel what little bit of hair I've got standing up. Praise God because he's with us. Put the major where the major needs to be. I'm grateful for the presence of Almighty God. When I walk in those doors, I feel his presence. There's a sweet spirit here, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Enjoying your relationship with Jesus is more important than the details. Can I tell you what I've observed among a lot of preachers lately? And this will help you even though I'm aiming this at preachers. A lot of preachers get caught up in the details of their ministry and their ministry begins to grow and and they put more emphasis on the details of our ministry and it continues to grow and finally their ministry seems to be about them instead of Jesus. Are y'all with me? They're they're still preaching the word. Uh, they're They're still doing the things that God called them to do, but somehow it's turned around and and it's more about them and their ministry and their pastorate and their sermons. Hey, let me tell you something. It ain't about me. It's about him, praise God. Yes, sir. Martha here is so serious and intense that she's, she's just so serious and so intent on these things that she even jumped on Jesus. If you think she didn't jump on Jesus, let's read verse 40 again. What's verse 40 say? But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve her alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. My job is more important than hers. My ministry is more important than hers. What I'm doing is, and Jesus said, Martha, Martha, 
I like it when Jesus don't get tore out of the frame about little things. Amen. Eat us, Martha. Martha. I like it when he said, when everybody says your name twice, watch out. <laughs> Martha. Martha. And Martha thought she was so right. I am so right that if I bring this to the attention of the Lord, he's going to change the whole situation and it's going to be refocused on me. Amen, preacher. Boy, was she wrong. Martha, you got it wrong, honey. Mary is sitting at my feet, worshiping me. Mary is enjoying my presence. Mary's heart is full of love because Mary's been forgiven much. Martha, you could learn a real good lesson here. Amen. So many folks carry around so many things. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Let me ask you this question. Now, I'm, I'm serious. I just want to ask you a question. The service stole Martha's heart away from the Savior. What is stealing your heart away from the Savior? What does it take to keep you out of church on Wednesday night? Good question for the Sunday morning crowd. Amen. Amen. Now I realize that some of you work evening shift and night shift. And I understand that. I've done the same thing. But I'm telling you, what's it take? You know what? Here's, here's where we are. We fit in the Martha category. i got to get the kids to soccer. The dishes are unwashed. I'm telling you, there's laundry piled up. And it's Wednesday night. The church is just in my way. Boy, the amens quit. I'm talking, I'm talking about if you can't deal with the infantry, what are you going to do when the horses come? If you can't get to church, even on Sunday morning, I mean once every three, oh, every, once every three or four weeks, we'll just dart in there. We'll have a big smile. We'll dress nice. We'll even wash the van. Yeah. And when the problems come, you fall apart and ring my number. Amen. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I love you. You know I love you. Jesus said this. Take no thought for your life, because life is more than raiment, and the body is more than meat. And we're so worried about raiment and meat that we care less for the things of God. Amen. The reason that most people are at the end of their rope is because they've cut their rope into so many small pieces. And little ropes make for big problems. This is a great illustration, and I didn't come up with it. I think it was a psychiatrist that came up with this illustration. How much does that bottle, that's the smallest bottle of water I could find. How much does that weigh? It's 10 fluid ounces. Now, I don't know what that is in pounds, but you know what? The weight doesn't matter. If I start holding that out there and I keep preaching, it's pretty easy right now. But about 10 minutes in the sermon, my arm's going to be cramping. 
My, my muscles are going to be full of blood because they're not getting the blood flow they need. And they're going to start cramping. Even my joints are going to be are going to start aching. Or I can feel it in my shoulder already. That's 10 ounces. For Pete's sake, it's 10 ounces. And yet, if I hold it long enough, you might even have to take me to the doctor or give me an Advil or a Motrin in a few minutes because I just can't bear it. The li this little... Oh, listen, here's the point. We carry around the little things, and, and, and if you carry them so long, they'll weight you down. They'll hurt you. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Our Lord was going to the cross, and I've got to close. Our Lord was going to the cross, John chapter 14. And man, the biggest thing in his life was about to happen. He was going to be crucified, beaten, scoffed, mocked. You name it, they're going to do it to him. They're going to literally take the flesh off of him down to the bone. I mean, man, that's the biggest, that's not just the biggest thing that happened in the life of Jesus. It's the biggest thing that happened in all the world since the world began. And you know what he says in John 14, 1? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are mansions, not small cottages like the joke at the beginning of the message. There's mansions awaiting. Can you have a big enough faith to grasp that? Or have you got a small faith and a small mind that's so cluttered up with the things of life that you can't even grasp what Jesus is trying to say? My goodness. <laughs> I'm going to go here and I'm going to close. Most of us get so tore up over the least little thing. And I like this saying. I got it from Facebook. If you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> don't let, don't let 10 seconds of your day. There are 84,600 seconds in a day. Don't let 10 seconds of that day ruin your day. Amen. That 10 seconds is a very small clip. Don't let it ruin your whole day. Now listen, we've all done it. You get at a traffic light, and again, the kids, you're late for soccer practice, and all that laundry's up, and, 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 I mean, you're just, and you just ain't got time, and somebody pulls up to the traffic light and makes an obscene gesture, and your day just went, as SpongeBob said, your day went to poo-poo. And, and can I just be, I'm just going to get in the flesh. Y'all mind if I get in the flesh for just a minute before we close? Here's what I get at. I'm in a hurry. I am trying to be a productive person. Amen. I am. I'm farming. I raise kids. I'm pastoring a church. I worked a job for 35 years. Listen, there ain't nobody been as busy as me. I like to be a productive person. And I go down to the filling station. And I never go in that place because here's why. I like sticking my card in and being gone. Because if I go in there 
I'll guarantee you that somebody's going to be up there, and this person that I can judge from my work ethic and my character and my background, they've never worked a day in their life. And I'm in the flesh now. And they're up there, and they've bought cigarettes and beer and skull and lottery tickets, and they ain't had a bath in a week. And they're up there, and they've got the whole counter spread, and they're. I'm going to tell you something. That 10 seconds of my day can ruin the other 84,600. Oh. Lord Jesus, time to pray. Lord, I'm in the flesh. I realize it. Please help me with the rest of the message. Here's what I need to do when that happens. I need to get to my truck and bow my head and say, Lord, thank you for your blessings. You've been so good to me. I do have gas in my tank. It's $5 a gallon, praise God, and I've still got it in my tank. Amen. Lord, I'm, I'm still blessed. My family's okay. Lord, you've been so good to me. I'll stand up this Sunday and I'll preach before a church of 300 people sometimes. I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord. And that guy in there, I don't know what that guy's background is. Amen. I judged him. And I probably, you know, with my background, I probably was 90% correct. But you know what? I may be 10% wrong. God help me. You see, the problem is we're chasing chickens while the cows are out. And I let the devil. Listen, I said I got in the flesh and I did get in the flesh. But that's the devil. You can recognize the devil when he gets in your preacher too. Somebody say amen. amen. And the devil gets in there and he just... Maybe. Now, wait a minute. Maybe he didn't just wreck my day. He may have got me so aggravated that I went home and I was aggravated toward Lisa and it hurt my home. Amen, preacher. Maybe he got me so aggravated that, that, that it ruined my testimony. I said a little word I shouldn't have said in front of somebody. Amen, preacher. I'm exposing the devil. And I don't mind to use myself to do it because he gets on the preacher worse than he gets on you sometimes. God help us. Y'all got the point. Boy, I've beat it to death. But God help us this morning to get our heart to refocus our priorities. You see, here's the point. Jeremiah got focused on the little things, the wrong things, and God said, Jeremiah, i got a question for you, and it's going to redirect your whole outlook from here on. If you can't run with the footman, how are you going to contend with the horses? Let's all stand. I'm through preaching. Boy, did I hit home with this one. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lisa's coming to the piano. <clears throat> Nobody looking around. Now let me, let me just begin the invitation like this. I didn't preach the gospel this morning. I didn't preach the cross just a little bit. But let me tell you this.
you're lost this morning, there's a major priority in life. And that's salvation. The plan of salvation. If you're lost this morning, the devil wants to keep your mind so filled with the little things of earth that he takes you to hell. Are you listening to me, lost person? He will take you to hell. He'll keep you so busy with education and money making and insurance and all the things that you think are important in life. Uh, he will take you to a devil's hell. You think you're doing the important things and you, the important thing is that you get saved that you come to Jesus Christ, uh, that you get your sins under the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the most priority, important thing in your life. It is not trivial. It is not to be devalued. Uh, you better respond to the invitation this morning if you're lost. Would there be one here this morning, say, preacher, I don't know Christ, and I'm willing to slip up my hand and say, Lord, I'm lost, and I need to be saved. Preacher, I need to be saved. Anybody would slip up your hand, take it down quickly. Anybody at all helps me to know how to give the invitation. Now, Christian, I preach to you this morning and I preach to me. This will help me. Have I helped you this morning? If I've helped you, would you just slip up your hand and wave? Nobody's looking. God bless you. Thank you. That helps me. That helps me. Thank you. You can take your hands down. I hope I've not just helped you psychologically, but I hope I've helped you spiritually. Set your priorities right, friend. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said all these other things. You know what those other things are? <laughs> the trivial things. All these other things will be taken care of. Thank you for your attention. God bless you. Be here at 6.30 Wednesday night. Now we're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. Jeff Cahill, would you come? And I've got the microphone set back up for prayer, guys. Would you come and dismiss us? Thank you again for your attention. I preached about, oh, I preached about 40 or 45 minutes this morning. Thank you for being so kind. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for a wonderful day you've given us to worship here. We're thankful for the message that we've heard. Help us, Lord, to heed the advice. Help us to examine our lives and prioritize things and focus on what is important. We do feel like the time is short. and We've all got loved ones who aren't saved, uh, or at least we think they're not, friends. Help us to represent you well as we go through our day and, and interactions with our families. Help us to focus on what's important and, and minimize the things that are trivial. Lord, just give us an opportunity to witness to someone and tell them what you've done for us and what you'll do for them. We're thankful, Lord, for all the opportunities that we're given in this country. We pray for those in the rest of the world who aren't afforded those. Help us to appreciate the truth and light that comes into our lives through this church and, and, and through our Bible. Help us to apply that and, and be a witness for you to others around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.